welcome everyone to the Dining Room Table Podcast, a weekly conversation that addresses taboos of the Black community. We emphasize vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity to change the narrative and stigma of self-expression in our community. I'm your host, Miranda X, and this week I'm joined by BJ Fadairo. And our topic and question for the day is, how our parents' decisions impact our lives? Does the way you move and operate have a direct correlation with the choices your parents have made or not made? Does sacrificing a part of yourself for the well-being of your family make you resentful or humble? Let's talk about it. First, I would like to welcome my guest, BJ, on the podcast. How are you doing, family? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great, as always, getting my life together. Um, I was a bit tired today, but um, I'm living. I'm alive. Man, me too. <laughs> I was tired How was uh, your weekend? My weekend was good. I worked as usual, um, but it was good, you know, just staying busy. Staying um, I'm not sure if you celebrate um, or the 4th of July or the holiday itself. Did you? Were you able to get with family? How was that for you? It was actually um, very relaxing. I did, I did a couple haircuts because my clients think I'm a robot, <laughs> so they just they just they just booked anyway. They didn't they didn't check to see if it was an error on my schedule if I was working or not. They just booked it anyway. So I, I ended up doing a couple haircuts, but I took half of the day off and I, I ain't do nothing. I Wait, no, you didn't say that my my clients didn't check in to see if it was an error. Was yeah, that is it? Was that what we supposed they, to? <laughs> I mean, if you know it's a holiday and you know you're booking for eleven in the morning, you should probably check with your boy to be like, "Yo, I was I was on the side. I'm just making sure you're gonna be." There. That's hilarious. You know, but... I'm not checking it. I'm like, "Oh, it's available." <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. I'm checking it. <laughs> yeah, you just like that's funny. savage. No, I told all of them, y'all savages. I'm, I I thought it was a blessing. You know, like, oh, cool. It's it open. Is. Nah, nah, I'm over here. I'm over here tripping. Like, it's still a blessing. It's good to be busy. That's books. funny. Um, and so what I tell every guest, um, um, I just want you to be comfortable. Um, understand that this is a conversation between you and I, and that I thank you for um joining me today and being a guest on my podcast. Is um, I'm I'm very grateful. And so what I would like to do, of course, is um tell you to please stand in your truth, be comfortable in who you are. Um, but before I begin, I want you to tell the people a little bit about yourself and maybe something, um, share something that you're most proud of in your life. Okay. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I've heard your podcast a few times. I think it's dope. And, you know, I support. So um, about myself, I am going into my eighth year professionally as a barber. I I'm doing all right. <laughs> I just opened up my shop. Wait, and, you opened you, know, you opened up your it. own shop, your own barber shop. Y'all see, yep. and you doing all yep. right? Okay. That's oh, humble. <laughs> That's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, just I just I just constantly set goals, and I just I never really get satisfied with too much because if I get too caught up in what I've done, right. then I'm not gonna do anything next. But um. I'm just I'm just a dude on a mission. Like I got a lot of goals. My goals have actually changed as of recently. Like when I opened up my shop or before I opened up my shop, I wanted to have a big old barbershop, like a ten chair mm-hmm. barbershop. But now I have a private studio and it only has three chairs in it. And I'm actually the only person in there because I haven't hired anybody. And I'm at a point now where I kinda don't wanna hire mm-hmm. anybody. My whole vision has changed. Mm-hmm. Not because I just want to be by myself the whole time, but, like, instead of getting a 10 chair barbershop, now I want to buy, like, I just want to look into real estate now and, like, get, like, a, a huge building. Mm-hmm. And I just have this idea of designing the building into, like, sections to where it's set up the way I have my setup now, where everybody has their own private mm-hmm. studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just, oh, keep but, going. 
No, I was going to add for the listeners. Um, um, I'm glad that you're being humble and stuff like that. That's great. Love it. Ladies, he's single too, you know, <laughs> uh, but no, I've, um, I've known uh, BJ at least on a, at least on a surface level since I was 17, we went to high school together and um, he is a celebrity barber. I want to add that. And then also, um, I think he's the most kind and nicest person or a nicest man that I've met. Um, he's always supported me in my endeavors um, as I've gotten older. And I'm about to be 25 this week. And so it's been a few years. And I can say that, oh, yeah, yeah, um, okay. I, BJ's a great, um, great black man. Love him. I always say God, um, the black man is the God's gift to earth. And so I do appreciate BJ for um, everything he has done, at least for me, um, behind the scenes as far as his support and then also just watching him grow up and becoming um, a man. It's always nice to observe. Um, and so I want to um, get right down to it. Um, today's um, um, topic and question, I really want to focus on parents, parenting and how our parents have um, impacted our lifestyles and whatnot. And I know I had the opportunity to talk to you um, the other day about um, your parents. And so um, what I would yeah. like to do is focus on um, the the three main people in your life, your father, your stepfather, and your mom. And um, I want to see how their decisions have impacted how you are as a man and your lifestyle in general. And so if we can just start off with your dad, if you can tell us and describe to us um, what's your relationship like with your um, biological father and how did um, it impact you growing up? Uh, can I cuss on You can be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, to keep it all the way real, I don't really know my mm-hmm. dad. I met, I met my dad once when I was about 10 years old. So it was, to be honest, it fucked me up. I'm going to keep it real. Not having my dad in my life kind of, kind of threw me like on the wrong path early because it just had me like in like a confused state of mind, not really having somebody that like mom was always there. Salute to mom, of course, but there's certain things that a woman can't teach a, a young boy to be or teach a young man to be, you know. So it was definitely a challenge not having my pops in my life, but then again. I know that everything in life happens for a reason. There's a lot of great people out there in the world who grew up without a father as well. So I kind of use it as a badge of honor. And it's like my undercover, like secret way of like motivating Mm -hmm. myself, like just keeping myself on point, knowing that he wasn't here. And I just want to make a good life out of it. Regardless, I don't want I could easily be one of them people out here just wilding, acting crazy because I ain't had no pops and it might have hurt my feelings or whatever. Like, I could easily have been that. And early on, I was that when I was young, though, like middle school days. But luckily for me, I was able to kind of snap out of it. And like I said, I use it as motivation. So to go back to your question, how did that impact my life? It fucked me up. (laughs) It really did. But I like I said, I never let it stop me. I let it be. My and so when you say it messed you up and you um, it caused a lot of confusion. Um, what were the thoughts that were going on in your head? What questions did you have and how did it mess you up? What did that look like? It messed me up because, you know, when you're young, you out, you at the crib, you're watching TV shows. You see, like I used to watch Fresh Prince and all these TV shows that everybody else used to watch, too. And. You know, you'll see families together or you'll see movies and stuff like that, you know, or you even go out in real life. Like, you know, all my classmates, I would see their dad pick them up or I would hear them say my dad, this and that. Like the word dad was like foreign Mm. to me. Like I never I never really used it like that. So and if I did use it, it was early on when I was still in the phase of like asking my mom, like, like, yo, what's up? Because, like, you know, like I was definitely it put me in a confused state of mind because you just don't have like you just don't have that person in your ear to like basically mm-hmm. coach you to like coach you on how to be and stuff like i said i salute mom but a woman can't teach a man can't teach a boy how to be a man so it was um it taught me it taught me how to be strong though i had to i took a lot of things head on i didn't duck from anything mm-hmm. and 
it was just a lot of quality. All, all it really did, it kind of like prolonged certain things. Like certain things, I feel like I could have been ahead of the game mm-hmm. with if if he was there to tell me some things. But I still learned, and I never, I didn't learn like too late. Mm-hmm. So everything worked out the way it was supposed to. So I let guess. me ask, oh, keep going, because what? The, the way I look at it, though, everything happens for a reason. If he would have been in my life, who knows if everything I just said might not even have came to pass like that. Like, if, if he was in my life, who knows? Maybe I would have been softer. Maybe I would have been more spoiled. Maybe I would have been mm. less hungry. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I always look at things for the for the bigger picture and the positive picture. There's always a positive and a negative and everything. So, I just try to take everything as positive as possible. And I just used it like that. Like, who knows? Things could have been way different if he wasn't around, for good or bad, but it worked out in my favor, so it's all good. And now. I'm glad that, um, at least what I hear you Um, I wanted to know, if you don't mind me asking, I know, um, I'm not sure if you heard the podcast earlier with my dad, but I also, too, um, when I grew up, I didn't really have my father in my life. And um, I know that was because my dad was in jail for the majority of my life. Um, Why wasn't your dad in your life? Was there a reason that he just wasn't there? Um, Was he in the country? How did that look like for you? He's no longer in the country, but he was in the country. He's <laughs> my pops is funny. Like he's he's real different. Like he had other children that my, my like my mom put me on and told me like, oh, he's got other kids, this and that. So the type of questions that I would have back then would be like, why is he taking care of them and not me? Or like, does he love them more than he loves me? Type of thing. So like, I can't really tell you why he wasn't mm-hmm. around he just he just wasn't around like I actually when I did meet him when I was 10 um, I, that was one of the questions that I asked him um, and he kind of brushed it off because it was a weird situation so I'm gonna run it real quick when I'm when I was 10 years old my mom came to my room and was like your dad wants mm-hmm. to meet you and I just I had this weird feeling about it like because I had already gone 10 years in my life feeling like he's not here. He ain't going to be here. It is what it is. So I kind of already got to the point where it's like, it's all good. So for me, I kind of wish I didn't meet him Mm -hmm. because I feel like it wouldn't have really done anything. If you don't have something and someone gives it to you, you would have never known what it was like if they never gave it to you. So it was just one of those situations. But when I met him, I remember my mom gave me like a list of things that she was like, make sure you ask this, make sure you ask that. And she literally, we went out to eat. She went she went to the bathroom, and it's just me and him. Mad awkward. I don't know what to do. <laughs> he don't uh-huh. know me. You know what I'm saying? So it was hella awkward. So we're sitting there, and it was kind of quiet for a second. And then I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to ask him. So I was like, I know you got other children. How come you take care of them and not me? Mm-hmm. And because my mom went to the bathroom, he was able to kind of run some game on me. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically brushed it off real quick. And he said, some questions are a little hard for him to answer. But with time, he'll be able to give me an answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm 10 years old. So I'm, I'm over here. He's filling me up with food and dessert mm. and shit. I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, cool. And my mom comes back from the bathroom. And she's thinking that I didn't ask him no questions. But she wasn't there to see it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just... I don't know why I can't give you the answer of why he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. that was his choice. Maybe maybe he wasn't ready at the time. Um, I'm actually the age that I'm at now, 26, is actually how old they were when they had me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he just maybe he was scared. Maybe he wasn't ready. I, at the at this time, he already had a daughter, so I was his second child. So I don't know what his excuse was. I guess. Okay. We'd have to ask him. <laughs> okay, so I um, so he he fed you with that, right? With all you you called it dessert and whatnot. He made sure you was full mm-hmm. and you were okay with those answers at ten. Now, as a twenty six year old man, have your um, questions mm-hmm. been answered? Did he um come back or has he come back? So, after meeting him at ten, we spoke 
on and off for a couple months. And then I didn't hear from him at all. I didn't hear from him until I was 18, actually. Mm-hmm. So eight years later, he hits me on Facebook. <laughs> this one, Facebook. I mean, the older generation still likes Facebook. But <laughs> Facebook is popping, I'll uh-huh. say. Like, he hit me up on there. He wrote me this essay, this long essay talking about my son. I have, I've been trying to link up with you for the past five years. I couldn't find you. All this crazy mm-hmm. shit. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. But me being young and deep down knowing that I always wanted a relationship with my pops, I took him back in. in a right. Sense. So, like, we started talking again. And then it was just the same pattern. He got the same pattern. He just, he'll be there for a second and then he'll disappear. And then he'll come right back and he'll disappear. So, it's like, he's not really doing it for me. He's doing it for himself. Got it. You know what I mean? It might be, like, his own guilt or conscience that might come around every so often but it really wasn't for me so the questions that I did have at the time they still have not been answered but I've given them my own answers so it's like yeah it's all good and has his absence do you think I know you've taken it in a more positive way you said um I guess that experience have has made you into the man you are today right um do you think it has had any negative um impact on your life yeah, yeah, I could, I could, I mean, not too much negative, but I'm definitely, like, I'm really cold, like, I'm not about to do, I'm not gonna do you grimy cold, but, like, I'm cold, like, sometimes I just don't care. What you does know? that look like? like? Nope, is it, is it with, like, as a, as a man between a woman in a relationship, or as a friend, as a homie, what do you mean by that? Nah, relationship-wise, I, if, if I'm in a relationship, I always care, but as far as just like how can I put it? I don't know. Like I just I'm I'm numb mm. to a lot of things. It's, it's hard to really explain mm-hmm. it. Um, I understand it. And so um I know that your mom had the opportunity to get married and then you have a stepdad, right? And then so for um some people that's a blessing. Um, because even yeah. though you did not have your biological father, you you had the opportunity to have a stepfather. And so if you can um, let me know, um, and maybe I guess the question that's going on in my head, do you feel like Mm. your stepdad's presence replaced um, your father's love? Um, That's a a good question. (laughs) Uh, I've never, I've never even thought about nothing like that. Uh, I, I, damn, I don't even know how to answer Okay. Uh, Do you want me to reword it? No, 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 no. I like, no, I like that. I like that. It's it's making me think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think it replaced his love because in my eyes there was never love so I don't think it could replace something that was never there it definitely filled in the void that was missing I'll say that okay. because at least at the very least I was able to to see a man growing up you know what I mean like people take stuff like that for granted like people don't understand because you might you might have it like that you don't realize what you have so it's like for me I grew up seeing women (laughs) like until my mom got married like all us and there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time you know it's just different so like there was a man in the house he's doing manly things I just get to peep game a little bit and see what it's like see what I'm gonna be on later on type of thing it's like an example in a Mm -hmm. sense you know and so when did your stepdad come into your life what age at age ten, the same oh. the same year the same year that I met um, my real dad. Actually, the crazy part is my mom and my stepdad they dated when I was a year old, mm-hmm. some random number like something random like that. Like, and then whatever happened happened, and then they got back together when I was about ten. Mm-hmm. By the time I was ten, my mom was pregnant with my little sister. So we instantly became a family mm-hmm. quick. And it just went from there. He had two sons, my um, stepbrother. Mm-hmm. I already had my older sister. So it was four of us, and we were getting ready to have my little sister come into the family. Okay. So you're 10 years old. So talk to me more about the relationship which you had with your father. I mean, your, I'm, I'm your stepfather. I'm sorry. Um, Relationship I had with him, it was cool. It was 
he was he was really strict. You know, not, I, I I don't know if y'all, I didn't say it, but my parents are Nigerian. So, like, I know everybody's like, oh, parents are parents, but nah, it's, a, it's a difference. Like, Nigerian parents, they don't play. They, they on a whole different routine mm-hmm. and a whole different mm-hmm. schedule. So, things were real, real strict. Like, I'm talking about everything from A to Z. Like, your room had to be tight. Your grades had to be tight. Everything. Like, they weren't playing around with nothing. But um, were they actually born in Nigeria? They were, yeah. Okay. All, all my my real dad, my stepdad, and my mom, they were all born in Nigeria. Uh-huh. Yep. My mom came out here when she was fifteen. She's fifty-two now. Mm-hmm. She came out here when she was fifteen, and she's been out here ever since. She's only been back to Nigeria about two times. Okay, and then can you um um what what was it like with your stepfather and so cuz i know when you talk about with your dad being gone it was certain things that as a boy you didn't know what it was like to mm-hmm. be a man but now you had a male presence in the household and yeah. are you implying oh, that you still did not um you still were not taught how to be a man even with your even stepdad's with, presence with my stepdad's presence i was able to at the very least look and see instead of just having a completely empty page, mm-hmm. you know? But um, there wasn't, I mean, the biggest thing that I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like downplay his role in my mm-hmm. life because he's he's the only male figure that was in my life um, shit in general, honestly, mm-hmm. like on a father figure tip. I mean, I look at like my older cousins and older brothers and people like that as well, but on a real father tip, he was the only person. So I definitely salute him for that. But I was one of those kids, I'm not going to lie, I kind of felt like I came with the package, mm-hmm. if if that makes sense. Like, you know, I, I want this woman. She got a son, <laughs> so he got to come too mm. type of thing. So, like, it, I felt like that after a while. When I first met him, because we all went to the same church. So, like, I had already, I had already seen him. But I had no idea that they had any type of past or history. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, when he came over and picked my mom up and they started dating and all that stuff, it was cool to me. I thought it was really dope. I was actually really excited for him to be my stepdad in the long run. I mean, you know, you got to go through the phases. You got to actually make it there. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I just automatically looked at the bigger picture, and I was like, that would be cool. But when it actually happened... It was it was a little different. Like I said, I'm not trying to downplay him. He, his role is appreciated because if he wasn't there, then I would have had zero father figures. You know what I mean? But he didn't teach me the things that I would have wanted to learn. But at the same time, he didn't he didn't not teach me either. Like I learned, I saw him get up every single day, mad early. I saw him come home from work. I seen him take care of us he'll cook he'll buy whatever it is that we needed like he did his job but the um the actual love i didn't feel that gotcha and so can no it does and so we know at least i Mm -hmm. hear you we know your dad your stepdad wasn't a bad dad but there was clearly something missing if you can focus on that aspect of it because i actually have a friend um, mm-hmm. And I know something that um, he asked me um, um, about this. Um, I had run this topic um, by him and he also has a stepdad dad and y'all, y'all stories are similar. And he mm-hmm. wanted to know, like, was he there for your mom and his kids? Um, or, or what, yeah. was, what was it like? Was he and you kind of said it? Was he just there for your mom and his kids or did he actually teach you what it was like to be a man? And so if you can really talk about that love aspect that even though you had this male figure in your life who did manly things or was just the male that was present, but was he actually in your life and what did he teach you um, about being a man? And did he teach you how to love a woman? Like, what was that like for you? No, I didn't, I didn't get that part out of him to be honest. Um, I just, the example was set to, you know, not be lazy, get up and work, provide for the family. Um, he went to church just like my mom did. So he always instilled, you know, God and praying and stuff like that. But as far as really teaching me stuff, um, 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think he really did. Like the the biggest thing that can stick in my head the most when I think about him, he always did tell us consequences. That was one word that he he like pounded in our heads. Like everything you do, there's a consequence. That's like the main thing where he like really went out of his way to to kind of scold us about. But like for me, what was really missing was like the love aspect. Like I just didn't feel like. Compared to my stepbrothers, I felt like the parenting was way different. And your stepbrothers was his child, right? Yeah. Okay. And you remember what? I remember. um, I remember one time, um, my my older brother and I we had got in trouble or something, and he just had this extended conversation with us one day. And one day he said something. He was like, "The reason why I don't show you guys." too much affection is because I don't want to turn you into like I don't want to turn you gay basically Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting I was like 14 when he said that to us I thought that was like it kind of it kind of made sense to me I was like oh so that's why you don't hug us that's why you don't you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it kind of hit like that but I don't know everybody's got their way of parenting I just felt like the love that he had for his children because they're truly his was different than the love he had for me even though he would call me his son and I would be everywhere he's at and I lived with him and all that and he like you know provided for me the same way as he did for his children once I came along but I still felt like there was a slight disconnect and there wasn't like it wasn't that genuine to me tell me when you first realized that when I first realized that um at 15 at 15, he did something that was really unique to me. Like, I remember I woke up one day. We all getting ready for school. He's getting ready for work. And it was my oldest brother's 18th birthday. And um, I just remember him pulling him out the room. I was like, come here. And I didn't know what it was about, but I was, you know, being a little nosy. So I, <laughs> uh-huh. I kind of poked my head around to see what was going on. And I'm like, I know he ain't getting in trouble this early in the morning on his birthday. Yeah. Like, he don't really interact that much. So, I go outside and I see what's happening. And he's um, he's actually praying for my brother. He told him to get on his knees and he wanted to pray for him. Because, and I was listening to the prayer. It was a different type of prayer. Like, he was praying for him as a man. Like, you about to enter the world, this, this, and that. Like, that type of prayer. Like, he was just mm-hmm. getting them right mentally. And then I'm like, damn, that's tight. And I, I left it alone. Two years later, it was my other brother's 18th birthday. Now I'm 17. My other brother was 18. He did the same thing for him. So I'm thinking in my head, all right, I'm about to be 18 next year. He going he gonna to get me right. He going to give me the same type of prayer and all that. And then I turned 18, and bro was, like, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Not nowhere to be found like he wasn't around, but, like, it just it wasn't that. Like, he didn't bless I, your life. Nah, I literally, uh-huh. <laughs> I literally was waiting too. Like, I took longer than I normally would to get ready. Like, like all that. Like, lit- I gave bro all the opportunity to do so. So, what really like kind of fucked me up about it is that I remember he came downstairs and he just started making some coffee, and then I'm sitting there on the couch just chilling, and like it just kind of hit him out of nowhere. He's like, "Oh snap, today's your birthday." happy birthday and I was like thanks and then he went upstairs <laughs> and that was that and I was just like damn so that kind of just had me confirm it just kind of confirmed what I already thought because I would go back and forth with myself like nah you didn't just come with the package he, he loves you this this and that and I'm not trying to say he don't love me I'm just saying it's different mm-hmm it's different. So that was the day where I really saw the difference between how he treated them and how he treated me. But the whole time, I thought we were all like on one well, accord. You know? Right. Which is natural. I hear you. And so how oh, yeah. is your step um, fathers in your relationship now? Um, he, He's actually living in Atlanta now. So okay. I haven't, I haven't actually, I haven't seen him in a little while. So him um, and your mom aren't together anymore. They are just 
um, separated at the moment. They're they haven't. I don't know what they're doing. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. All right. Right. <laughs> they they haven't called it quits, but at the same time, they're clearly in two separate households. So I don't know. All I know is they have two children, my little brother and sister, who I love, and they are working it out the best that they can. My little brother and little sister, they're actually in Atlanta right now. They just they just went out there a couple of days ago. Okay. They're going to be there for a couple of weeks and then they're going to come back. Okay. But as far as our relationship right now, to keep it real with you, I don't talk to them. Why? Why not? I just I just don't respect um some of the things that I saw him do. Like what? Do like I just just how he handles certain situations like I feel like as a man, you just have to hold yourself to a certain standard and handle business a hundred percent. You gotta give me an example. Um okay. How can I put this? All right, so when I was how old was I was sixteen when my little brother was born. Mind you. My little sister was born, and that's what really, like, linked us all up. That, that was, like, the glue to our family. Right. So my mom is now pregnant again. And when she was pregnant with my little brother, he was, like, furious. Like, he didn't talk to my mom for a couple weeks, low-key. Like, he was During, upset that she was pregnant? He was upset that she was pregnant. I'm like, bro, don't you know the process of this? Like, how yeah. are you married? But he was, he was upset that she was pregnant. He didn't speak to her for a few weeks got over it this this and the third but I just I don't know like I just as far as how he handles certain situations like he, he to me he only cares about himself mm-hmm. as long as he's good it's all good but a lot of things won't be good but as long as he's straight he ain't really he's he's unbothered mm-hmm. so that's just me and him we just we like the way he was growing up too like he was so strict that like you didn't like him Loki mm. you know what I mean like so like it's just it's a bunch of things I respect him because he's the only father figure that I truly had but I at the same time I don't respect a lot of decisions that he's made and I don't um agree with a lot of decisions that he's made as well but to each his own nobody's perfect I'm not holding it against him or anything like that I just from my own peace of mind, I don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I was, I'm not the one that's married to him. So right. I I ain't got to in my in my. So how do you feel about him moving to Atlanta while your mom is still in California? Like how has that's that one, impacted um, your life? That's one of the things that I don't agree with because it's not like my little brother and sister are grown or like like really young adults or nothing. They're still kids. Like mm-hmm. my little sister is getting, she's gonna be. Oh my gosh, she's about to be a junior. She's crazy. <laughs> she's about to be a junior. Uh-huh. Man, and my little brother is ten, so it's like they're they're like they're kids, you know. Like they they shouldn't be traveling, like the, not that they shouldn't travel, but they shouldn't be having to go all the way to Atlanta from Cali just to see they pops for two weeks and then come back. Like supposed to be there, but. Like I said, to each his own. Everybody's got their own situations. It um, what really kind of shook me the wrong way was he he didn't just go to Atlanta, but he he went to Atlanta in a time period where my mom was actually really struggling financially. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, my mom was struggling financially um, with a situation that she had at work. It was cut the long story short. She ended up losing her job because like all of all of the staff that she worked with they like all like ganged up on her called like a gang of meetings that she mm-hmm. had no idea about and they had been secretly meeting about her behind her back and they eventually like spoke to the board and like it was like a majority rule type of thing so she lost mm-hmm. her job but she's she's a hustler so she was able to now do her passion which was open up her own um, shop mm-hmm. and in her shop she sells like a bunch of um, African food and a bunch of products and a bunch of clothes. She sells clothes and jewelry and bags and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she she got to do it was like a blessing in disguise. Right. She didn't have the time to do that while she was working, but he just he just left at a at a time period that you know you you weren't supposed to leave yet. You know, like it was just 
it's like if you're going through if you're at your it's like if somebody's at rock bottom and then you just kind of leave mm-hmm. I don't want to say she was at rock bottom but it just wasn't the normal her you know she she definitely had more going on for herself at the time right so it was just one of those situations and at this time you had to step up right for your family yep definitely and I still am like I help my mom out as much as I can because I just I could never I can never see like no matter what I'm doing no matter how good I might be doing if she's not cool then I can't be cool like it's just one of those things so for me, whatever it is that she needs out of me, I try to do my best to step in, even if it if it's financially, if it's mentally, I try to help her out as much as I can. But at the same time, there's only so much that I could do too. So it's just one of those things that you just kind of you got to pray on it and just hope for the best. Right. And so as of as of today, right, your family stays with you, correct? Yeah, they do. And so what I want to know, and it was the kind of second part of my question earlier, what I would like to know is the sacrificing. Well, one, do you feel like you're making a sacrifice, right? Yeah, I'm definitely making a sacrifice. You're making a sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? Let's let's talk about that really quickly. Man, I'm sacrificing my whole... <laughs> you said, man. My whole youth, low-key. You said your whole youth? Nah, but- Kinda like like I could be I could be on some extra wild shit if I really want to be, but I I in res- like I still could too if I really really wanted to, but like in respect for them being at the house, I just I try to simmer things down. I try not to do too much, and I just try to make everybody feel as comfortable as possible. However, that is one thing I know is that you can't please everybody, so you really shouldn't try to. Mm-hmm. But on a on a comfort level, I want everybody to be comfortable and happy, and yeah, I, I, what have I sacrificed? I've sacrificed my space. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can say that, like, mm-hmm. like, but it's nothing too crazy. It's not like it's not like I'm sacrificing for people that I don't know. So it makes it easier when there's people that you care about and love. But right, and so what I want to know is the sacrificing a part of yourself for the well-being mm-hmm. of your family does mm-hmm. it make you resentful or humble and what I and listen knowing you I know you're going to take yeah. the high road and I know you're going to say like the most positive thing that you can say but I truly <laughs> want to know your authentic raw feelings like um and 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 I'm asking this, but I'm talking at the same time because I know what it means to sacrifice, right, for your family. And right. I know what it means to do make the right decision or feel like you got to do what's best. But I honestly want to know, how do you feel? Um, I'm going to keep it. It's like, uh-huh. I don't want to have any, I don't think I have any form of risk. So, you but said no, um, res- no form of resentment. I, I, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm lying like a motherfucker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I do, I do okay. feel away. I do feel away too okay. about it. Okay. I feel like he didn't have to do that because it made things. Your stepdad. My stepdad. Yeah, it made things super complicated on my end. And some people could say I'm, I'm a little selfish for thinking like that. But at the same time, I just feel like. Cause all right, here's 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 the backstory. So, my stepdad, he leases this. He has this um, apartment complex that he that we all grew up in. And even even after we moved, we had moved and got a house when we all linked up. Even after we moved, he was still renting it out. Like he was still paying for it at least, and he was trying to find people to rent it out. Blah blah blah. When I got old enough, I rented it out from him, and. He literally, because I got it from him, there was no, like, there was no, um, I didn't have to sign nothing. I didn't have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have all that paperwork. I didn't have to go through any background checks or nothing. So he just kind of gave it to me. So when he wanted it back, because, you know, there came a time where he wanted it back, it was just, it was just fucked up how he went about it, I feel like. Like, he he didn't, he, he hit me up one morning and was like, I need you to be out in two weeks. And this is my stepdad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I need you out in two weeks. Like, not 30 days. 
I'm looking at my phone thinking, like, what the hell am I reading? Like, this shit is crazy. But mm-hmm. it, it was what it was. I didn't leave in two weeks. I ended up actually leaving in, like, two months. But at the same time, it was just it was just a messed up situation. I felt like he didn't have to go about it like that because I literally, that was, that was March. I literally spoke to him in January, and I asked him straight up, like, are you – are you good with me being here? Are you going to need me to go? I was there for two years. So, like, mm-hmm. I was I was like, yo, are you been cool with me still being there? Is, is it all good? And he was like, no, nah, everything is good. I ain't got no problem with it. You can stay there as long as you need to. Your family, you my son, this, this, and that. <laughs> and then, shit, I just get this text, like, yo, I'm going to need you out in two weeks. I'm gonna be, I was like, what happened? We just had this conversation. So, like, just on a on a man tip, like just being like firm with your word, like that's mm-hmm. something that I didn't really have someone to teach me that, but that's something I learned. Like, like if I say something, that's what I'm gonna do. Like when when you hit me and you said you wanted me to do this interview, I, I was ducking you for a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept coming I, back. When, when when you kept coming back, and I said I'm gonna I said I'm gonna do it, I did it. So. It's like I just I really hold that I, I hold that to a high place like that's that's big for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, nobody's perfect. Do I have a little resentment towards them? The honest answer is yes, but at the same time, it's not that deep though. It's not that deep. Like it is what it is. It is what it is. Like it's not that deep. Like I I don't I don't be having no I ain't plotting on them. I ain't wishing on no downfall. Mm-hmm. I hope he's good. If he's if he's in Atlanta, shit, it's cheaper over there. I hope he's living like a king. You know what I'm saying? As he should. Like I don't, I don't have no ill feelings towards nobody because I can't throw like that. If I got ill feelings towards you, I can't get better. And I'm not. The last thing I want to do before I go to sleep is have another man on my mind that, you know, what I'm saying like with any type of, any type of thought process. Like I'm not trying to think about that at all. So. Well, let me ask you a question. And I know we talk about, I think, the obvious, and I'm going to use this word choice, and it may not be the correct one, but, like, the obvious villains in your in your life is your, your fathers, right? And yeah, I'm not, um, and I want to know, how do you feel about your mom, though? Um, do you feel any way towards your mom? And does um, the decisions that your mom have made, do you think that that has impacted your relationship with women as far as your love life is concerned uh nah nah i love my mom my mom's a queen like mm-hmm. it take a real it take a real queen to to raise somebody up like the way i've come up like i could i could honestly tell you besides like actually having a father there i, I didn't lack shit my mom got mm. me she 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 figured it out she ain't no shit about Jordans, but she made sure I had Jordans. You know <laughs> uh-huh. She figured it out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we ain't never, we never went hungry, even though I was skinny as hell. Like we never went hungry. Like there was always food. Like and she, she did the very best that she could. The decision mm-hmm. that she made, um, that that goes back to the culture. Like Nigerians okay. are very, very traditional. So with them, like they'll literally. My my thing with Nigerians, and I'm Nigerian, but like my mom would say, I'm a fake Nigerian because I'm <laughs> born and raised out here. So like I'm really on some eight one eight shit. But uh-huh. I got that I got that culture with me regardless. So like with them, they just they they worry about what other people think a lot. They'll never admit mm-hmm. it, but they do. They don't want to look a certain way. The the number one word is embarrassed. They don't never want to be embarrassed in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. So, like, the decisions that she's made, have they affected me? Of course, because mm-hmm. I'm right there to deal with it, too. But, honestly, I love my mom so much that regardless of the decisions that she makes, I'm going to always stand there for her. Right. And it just it is what it is. Do I um, agree with every single decision she's made? Probably not, you know what I'm saying, especially when it comes to towards him. But I would never let another situation affect what I got going on. Luckily for me, like, it's not going to affect me the way that it could. Like, I'm not about to enter a relationship now and 
like run off of the same things that I seen my stepdad. I mean, I don't even want to make him sound like he did some crazy ass shit, but like I just I'm I'm not going it's not going to roll into my relationship. I wouldn't allow it because with everything that I have seen, I'm trying to go the opposite in a sense. Like I'm trying to avoid all of that. So for me, it would just be how I feel it should be is how I would do it. So and, the last uh-huh. No, go ahead. I was going to say, in the last couple of things that I want to know is, it's a two-part question. Um, what kind of, observing your mom and her strength and her will, what kind of woman do you now seek? Right? That's my first question. And I'll, I'll let you answer that one. Um, she got to be black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we talking about marriage? Or we talk, what are we talking about? Oh, oh, yeah, why? That's the only thing we're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that really matters. Cause, okay. Um, yeah, um, I definitely want to be with a black woman. I just feel like they understand us better than any other race can. I'm not shitting on any other race because people that are listening that know me, they'd probably be like, BJ, lying like a mug. Like, we got all <laughs> kinds of exes, but, like, like, I do got exes, but... I'm talking about the future. I definitely see myself right. with a black woman, um, a woman that know God. Um, every other word does not have to be God. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, but at the same time, I just want somebody that got a, that positive spirit in them. Like, mm-hmm. negativity is not what I'm looking for. I ain't trying to argue with nobody. I need somebody that's gonna make me escape from the world. Like, my, my my life is crazy. It's stressful. You might see, you might see like some success, but at the same time, that comes with a whole lot, a lot of behind the scenes shit that nobody will ever see. So I just need somebody that's gonna make me feel like I'm escaping from the world. You know what I mean? Um, just regular shit. I'm a, I'm a very simple dude. Just regular shit. Be smart. You know, listen. Like women have what men don't, and that's that. Like just that affection, that little. That little extra stuff, like whatever we don't have, you guys got it, and vice versa. So mm-hmm. I'm not looking for anything like crazy, crazy. Like I don't know, I don't know by just having a conversation with somebody, just seeing where their head is at. I don't want somebody that is only like focused on like the wave. Like don't don't go with the wave. I'm not really, I'm not on that. I'm about longevity. So you said you'll know if a person is your wife by speaking to them or can be your potential wife? Okay. Not like that. Not like that. I'll know know if I can see myself being with somebody by having a conversation with them. I was like, ooh. Nah, I ain't, ain't, nah. (laughs) I just... Like, just having a conversation with somebody, I could see where you at. I'm, it's not going to tell me everything, but I could kind of see where you at, you know? Like, I could see where you if I don't. I definitely don't want somebody that's, like, 100% materialistic or, like, it just got to be, like, what's popping and what, what the wave is because the wave is always going to change. That's That's what it's supposed to do. So anybody that gets caught up in the right now, like, I'm focused on like the future and always building even though tomorrow ain't promised i'm still thinking about tomorrow you know i'm not i don't i don't want somebody that's gonna just keep me stagnant in a sense or have me worried about the wrong thing i need somebody that if i come home and i'm talking about this this and that or i need to buy this new whip or i need to buy this i, I want someone to be like well did you pay this off first like, right make sure you pay like i want somebody to not necessarily keep me in check but like you know like help balance me out for sure because you're going to need it. Right. And so you need your heaven here on earth, right? Um, I know a lot of people like, and and you may not have meant it like this either, but I know a lot of people, they try to find partners and try to escape from their reality. But I think your reality can be a blessing. It can be your heaven on earth. You of course need to be that for yourself, but also somebody who compliments and adds to that cup and um, fill it in the same way. Um, my second part question is being um, having the experiences um, that you have had with your father and your stepfather. Now I want to know what kind of man do you want to be? Um, exactly who I am now. And who just, is that? Just somebody that's never going to give up, 
somebody that won't take no for an answer, somebody that is determined, God-fearing, I'm positive, I could be, life throws so many negative things our way that I could easily, easily have taken my story to be, like, wild and crazy, Mm -hmm. but I chose not to, so... Um, I don't know. What type of I man think you do, do I, know. You got man, it. What type of man? What type of man do I come off as? Because I, I I don't know. I don't know what y'all see. I know what I know, and I'm okay with it. But what what do you see when you see? So me? you're not gonna like my answer, but I'm gonna say it doesn't matter, right? Um, as long as <laughs> you are the man who you want to be and that you strive to be no one else's opinion matters um to be honest with you because i could see you as like i could be like oh bj's garbage juice right and it's just like (laughs) does does my opinion really matter right as long as you're striving to be the the man that you want to be i think that that's all that matters um and um understanding that um um if other people's opinion matter then you may fold right if you stand tall um, on what your standards and your values are that I think, honestly, that's all that matters. And so I think that you're a wonderful man. I think that you're a good man. And I think that I hope that you strive to be a better man. I think we all can always be better. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to know another black man um, who is doing um, positive things in their community. And you're an entrepreneur. You're getting it on your own. And you're trying to do your best not to depend on anyone to give you no handouts and so I can appreciate that about you it's very funny because you said something about being raised in the valley you said hey Renee I really thought you were an LA baby but yay um cheers to my <laughs> a baby I mean, you know? I mean uh it's kind of like I didn't when I was I don't remember but when we was young we did live in LA hey, and my church hey, I, go to I don't church. care at the, the valley <laughs> that's all you said we friends we're gonna be friends for life you know Everybody go kick me on my LA babies, but who cares, right? Because it's all about the valley, oh, about the great one, yeah. right? Um, yep, my, yep. The last thing that I want you to do is um, to leave the people with what advice do you have to say to maybe, um, and I'm going to specifically speak on the boys right now, the young men, mm-hmm. right? The young men who are growing up fatherless, or two, okay. the young men who have fathers in their lives that not being fathers, right? Sometimes, and what I heard you say, um, in this podcast, sometimes your presence isn't enough, right? So just because you got a male in your life doesn't mean just you being there is enough. And so what advice do you have for someone who maybe grew up like you? What do you tell them? I would tell them that everything is going to be okay. As long as you keep your head on straight, everything is going to be okay. I would tell them don't don't worry too much about what has already happened because it's already happened. Focus more so on what can now happen and what's going to happen. Like, don't don't get too caught, because if, if we really just sit and analyze everything, you can get caught up in your emotions, and you'll just be stagnant, or you'll have resentment, or you'll have a lot of anger built up. You don't want to, you don't want to live like that. You can't, you can't grow or be positive with all that in you. So I would just say, don't don't worry about what happened. Just know that you're here now. This is the situation that you have in front of you. Just move forward. If it's in your heart to rekindle any relationship, that's on you. That's your decision to make that. Nobody, don't let anybody tell you that you can't have a relationship with your father if you decide to. And don't let anybody force you to do it if you don't want to either. Mm-hmm. I want people to I want people to be real with themselves and be honest with themselves. Like for me personally, I tried to have a relationship with my real dad and it didn't go how I wanted it to go. So somebody else can look from the outside in, not knowing anything about the situation and be like, Oh, just give him a chance, just talk to him, just listen to him. If I man, if I had a dollar every time somebody told me that I wouldn't. I wouldn't be cutting no hair, but it's not like that. So at the same time, you just have to do it for yourself. Don't, don't be, don't be too close-minded. Listen to like you can listen to other people 
without actually taking their advice. It's okay to hear something, and if it ain't for you, you could throw it out. But at least, right. at least listen to what people got to say. The power of discernment is what people need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, my last question, BJ, because I know you have to go. Um, uh, my last question is, what about the... What do you tell those young boys who have a lot of emotions built up, right, and they choose to take it to the streets, right? I know you said at a young age you you were confused and you were wild and whatnot, but what, what made you get out of the streets and channel that energy somewhere else to where you're not getting in trouble either, though? Man, I was wilding and it was retarded. I saw so much shit that I... Not that I wish I didn't see. I'm glad I saw it because now I know. But it's definitely not where you're trying to be. If you're young and you don't have your pops around and your mom is always at work and you go outside with your friends and all you guys do is get in trouble all day, cut it out now. Because for me, when I was from the age 12 to 12, 13, and 14, I was tripping. Trying to be, I was trying to be like them. I thought they was tight, you know, because they had like this, they had like this, even though they were hard, like they had this love for each other. Right. That was different that I, that I didn't, that I didn't always feel. So like, I just kind of adapted to it, but that's not the way. And I never got put on to anything, but I was always around. So if, if something happened, I was guilty by association. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would tell them that that's definitely not the way. It's only going to lead you to jail or the grave. Now, I can't tell somebody who he he he's born into this world and your dad is a blood, your uncle's a blood, and all your uncles are at the crib all the time and they're all bloods. I can't tell you not to be a gangbanger because it's damn near in your DNA. But I will say, don't um, to those that don't have a father and all that, don't don't let what you're going through be the reason why you fuck up. Because I could have easily been like, all right. He ain't here, so I'm just going to ruin my life, and it is what it is. Like, don't don't be that guy. Be the person that uses it as motivation to help get you farther in life, and don't repeat the cycle. Like, one thing, I can't I can't wait to be a – I mean, I could wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait. <laughs> but I, I can't wait to be a pop star. Like, for real, for real, that's, that's probably going to – that will be my biggest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else that I've done that other people might admire – that I might admire myself is cool, but my ultimate goal is to not only be, um, not only be somebody's father, but to be a great father. Like I want to, I want to change my whole cycle and start like write a whole new story. Like mm-hmm. I don't want my son to even son or daughters. It really don't matter. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna have a gang of girls. I already know I'm gonna have a gang of girls. I just feel it. But I don't want nobody to repeat the cycle. I don't even want them to know that that was my story unless they get to a certain age where they can really understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I don't even want them to even have that thought process. Like a child does not ask to come into this world. So they deserve to have both parents um, on one accord at the very least. So that's my advice. Don't, don't, um, don't turn to the street or don't turn into, don't let, trouble violence or any of that stuff be the reason don't let what you've gone through be the reason why you turn to those things for help if you need help nowadays we all got social media we all got the internet you got kids with iphones now you could look up all kind of things and all kind of ways to get around certain things you can talk to somebody you could if you don't have somebody to talk to you can, if you're in school, I mean, you're supposed to be in school. You, you could talk to your teacher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you could talk to some. You find somebody that somebody will listen. But don't keep quiet. Don't keep it in. Mm-hmm. That's what I will say because I kept it in for a long time. And when I finally did let it out, it was like, it was like a little overly. Like, when I finally had the conversation with my stepdad, I like low key banged on them, mm-hmm. and like I didn't have to. I didn't have to go that hard. I didn't go that hard. I'm tripping. I didn't go that hard. But like you gave them a I pass. Let them I let them know. Uh-huh. I let them know. I let them know how I felt, and I let him know that we low key ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I told, like we had a real ass conversation, and I felt really good afterwards, even though, like. It, it is what it is, but I still felt good about it because it finally came out. When mm-hmm. you hold it in, it's not good because you're thinking that 
you thinking that you're escaping the situation, but you're just prolonging the situation. You're going to end up snapping at some point, and you don't want to snap. So you just want to you just want to be honest with yourself. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to to feel bad that something isn't going the way you thought it would. It's okay to feel like that, but it's not okay to, to dwell in it and to sit around and think that your sorrow is going to somehow give you some type of solution because it's not, you know? Yes, thank you for that. And can you please tell the people where they can find you on social media? Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody follow me right now at King BJ Cuts. That's Cuts spelled with a K and a Z. Straight out, just King BJ Cuts on all my social media. Um, book a haircut at topbarberbrand.com. You feel me? And make sure you subscribe to my homegirl's new podcast. And make sure that y'all stay tuned because every week she coming with some heat. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody got to everybody got to play their part. So instead of supporting everybody that you don't know, make sure you make time to support somebody that you actually know. You know what? I appreciate that. And so I would just add a little bit. If you're interested in following me on Instagram, you can always follow me at Miranda X, M-A-R-O-N-D-A-X. And if you're interested in reading this blog on this episode, please go to my website at www.MirandaX.com slash blogcast. And that's all for today. Until then, we'll see you next week. Thank you, BJ. No doubt.